Good morning. So um, before we get started, um, just give you a heads up, we're going to be in Ephesians 4, so you have some time to kind of get your Bibles open while I kind of give a little story about who I am and where I'm from, and just kind of a little bit idea of, of what's going on. Um, so my name, as you know, is Pastor Richard. I'm over at Faith Community Church. Um, my wife and I have been over at Faith Community now for about two and a half years. Uh, we were at Trinity prior to that, uh, before Trinity closed, and during that transition, uh, moved over to Faith Community. Um, we started attending church about nine years ago, uh, accepted Christ about eight and a half years ago, felt a call on my life in the ministry about eight and a half years ago, and so kind of followed that call, but didn't know exactly where God was taking me, didn't know where I was going, didn't know where my ministry was going to be, uh, but through this eight and a half years of, of learning and going through this process, learning where uh, God has not gifted and talented me in, what areas I'm not gifted with, and then learning where I am gifted and, and applying that. And during this time, I've, I worked for a grocery store for 25 years. So I worked for Vons or Safeway for 25 years. And so kind of learned a lot of stuff through the secular world, through the job, and, and learned how to, to lead and th things like that. And so um, knowing and planning, my plan was, and I've been asked uh, numerous times in my annual interviews, like, what's your plan? Where do you see your ministry at? And I kept saying, well, you know, in about 10 years, I plan on retiring a little bit early and going into full-time ministry. Um, you know, I've got 25 years or 22 years at the time or whatever it was. It was. I'm going to retire and go into full-time ministry. Well, back in December, God said, well, I think time is now, not 10 or 12 years from now, but I think the time is now for you to come. And I shouldn't say think. He said, it is time for you to come. I'm the one that kept saying, I don't think this is the right time. So back in December, I retired from my job of 25 years at a grocery store as a store manager and went into full-time ministry. And so I am the executive pastor at Faith Community. And so executive pastors and administrative pastor, kind of the same thing. Um, I oversee the ministries in the church. Um, I oversee the staff. I oversee the building, uh, the grounds, kind of all that, like everything encompassing of just the church building and, and the ministries that happen in the church. And that allows the senior pastor to be a senior pastor and shepherd with people and, um, and to work with individuals and to do all that kind of stuff. And so I do a little bit of that as well, but my main focus is the ministries in the church the youth ministry, the children's ministry, family ministry, whatever it may be, those are my areas of focus. And so that's where I'm leading at. And so I was kind of back in December going, I'm not so sure this is supposed to happen. I don't think this is right. My plan was 10 years from now, not two weeks before Christmas. And you want me to leave my job of 25 years and go into full-time ministry, not what I thought I was supposed to do. And so you're probably going, why is he sharing this story? What does this have to do? This is probably not a piece of my life you need to know about, right? But it does have something to do with today's sermon, and it does have something to do with the message today. And so you'll kind of learn that as we kind of go through today's message, as we go through Ephesians 4, and, and as we kind of talk about what this means and, and how, it, how my life and where it's put me and how you may be in the same position. So as we're going to be in Ephesians 4, I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to break it into pieces, and we'll kind of touch on some of it, and then I'll kind of get into the, the good parts of what we have today. So let's read Ephesians 4. It's going to be 1 through 13. So give me a second here as my eyes focus in this light. Um, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. 
make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. So... Before we kind of get into this, let's just remember something that's happened just a little bit before this part of the scriptures. Paul reminds us that through God's grace, he reconciled us to him, to God, and that then he reconciled us to each other. And then his desire and God's desire is for us to be in relationship with God first, then to be in relationship with each other. So we need to remember that as we're kind of going to the scripture, that, that God has reconciled us to him and then to each other, and then he desires for a relationship with him first, and then a relationship with each other. So we're kind of really kind of stand focused and remember that as we kind of go through this scripture, that this is what's happened before this point here. And so the first set of scriptures, one through three, is, you know, a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of calling you received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So Paul reminds us right here in the beginning of just Ephesians 4 to be humble, gentle, patient, and bearing with one another in love. So we need to humble ourselves, be gentle, be patient, and be bearing with one another in love. All this done in love. And so we're reminded of these characteristics, characteristics, characteristics. We must remember to live this out within the community of faith because these help maintain harmony. The unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, with these we jeopardize unity. So if we don't maintain these characters, then we jeopardize the unity in Christ, right? And so we need to think, as I'm going to talk a little bit more a little bit later, but this doesn't only apply to the church here, but it applies to the church at faith, and it applies to the church at living grace. We're all one body, and so we are unified in one body. We are unified under one God. And so you remember that we are to be humble, gentle, patient, and then bearing with one another in love. And so that's probably the harder of those, to remember to bear against one another in love, right? So some people try our patience very easily, and so we need to remember to, to bear, just to kind of work through and, and do this all in love. And so then he kind of goes on and says, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. So let me ask you a question. Is unity automatic? Does unity just happen? So we're three churches in town. Are, are we unified automatically? Does that happen automatically? 
So, but we're Christians. We should be unified automatically, right? No, it requires a diligent effort on our parts. So God brings us together to be unified, and that is desire for us to be unified. But we have to do our part. We have to do our due diligence and be involved and be unified. We have to be active participants. And so with that, we're called by the same God. And we're, we have a common ground to live off of. We work off of the same foundation. We are working and living out of the same Bible. And so we are unified in that, but we have to do our part. We have to do our part to be unified. And so we're one body that's grounded on one spirit, on one hope, one Lord, one saving faith, and one baptism that we are all part of. It's the same for you here as it is the same for me at faith, as it is the same for those at Living Grace, as it is same, the same for those at Port Naz, wherever it may be. We are individual bodies, but we are brought together as one body, and we are to be unified. Here in verses 4 through 6, we're talking about the triune God that's living in all of us. It's the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father, all in this body. Not only in the body here, but it says that he's over all, through all, and in all. It's his grace that saved us all. Therefore, it's the same Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. Is the same Holy Spirit that's living in us today. There is no difference. It's the same person. And so it's the same God then as the same God now. And so we are working off of the same foundation that we are all one body because we're all working and living through and God is working through all of us and it's the same God working through each one of us. And so it says here, it goes on to say, but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high and took many captives and gave gifts to his people, what does he ascended mean except he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So if I'm looking to discover who I am in Christ, and it is only by God's grace that I am saved, and he desires for relationship that we would serve him and others, right? then wouldn't it also be true that only by his grace am I saved and created to created and prepared to serve? So say that again. If I am looking to desire, so if I'm looking to discover who I am in Christ and it is only by God's grace that I am saved, he desires for relationship with me that we would serve him and others then wouldn't it also be true that by his grace, only by his grace, that I am created and prepared to serve? Only by his grace am I created and prepared to serve. So let's think about this for a minute. What's Paul saying here in nine through, verses 9 and 10? Christ descended beneath the earth and is also the same Christ who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the entire universe. And because he filled the entire universe, universe, therefore he is present in and through everything. So he is accessible to us all. Even when you're not here in this building, in this church, he is accessible. So he prepares us to serve. He calls us to be in relationship with him, and then he prepares us and creates us to serve. And then he descended and ascended, and he is in and everything 
And so he's accessible to each one of us as we are outside of this building. This is not the only day that Christ is available. He is available to us every day, everywhere we go. And so let's think, remember that. That's what Paul's telling us here. And so Matthew 18:20 tells us, For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. And then Matthew 28 and 20, 28, 20 says, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he's accessible no matter where we are. We have a foundation to live off of that God is in all of us. It's the same God then as it is now. He's accessible to us no matter where we are in life, no matter where we are in town, no matter where we are in our house. He's accessible to us. So think, as we go on, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So some of you might say, okay, he's given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So some of us may say, but wait a minute. I'm not called to be in any of those positions. I'm not called to be a a pastor. I'm not called to be a teacher. So how does this apply to my life? But let me ask you this question. Aren't you called to be a Christian leader? Aren't you called to be a Christian leader? Aren't you called to be a Christian leader, leader in the midst of your life, wherever you are at? Whether you be at work, whether you be at home, whether you be at the grocery store. Aren't we called to be Christian leaders wherever we are? Are we called to be examples in the environment that we're exposed to? In your work life? Are we called to lead people to Christ? To share God's word? It is God who is going to bring that relationship into the right place. But we are called to share. We are called to lead. And it's God who will develop that relationship with them. So there are people in the church that are identified to be in these specific roles. There are some of us that are called to be pastors and some who are called to be teachers, some who are called to be evangelists. There are some of us who are called to do that. But, and that's what this scripture is talking about. But it also is pointing out that we're all called to be leaders in your life. We're to be leaders in our community. We're to be leaders in our home. We're to be leaders in our workplace. We are to be leaders everywhere we go. We are to share and be an example. And so, what is the definition of a leader? So if I look up in the dictionary, a leader is a person or thing that leads, a guiding or directing head. So definition of a leader is a person who leads and a guiding or directing head. So does a leader lead by example? Yes, a leader leads by example. So if that's the case, then we would all be leaders in our lives, right? So a leader leads by example, then we are all leaders because we lead by example. We are to be leader, we are to lead a Christian life by example for others to follow. So let's look at a couple leaders in the Bible. Let's look at Joseph. Look at Joseph's life, look at where he was. 
Look what happened to him. So he's with his family. He's been, he's been thrown out by his brothers. He's been sold. Um, basically, family is told he's dead. He's gone. He is sold. He's bought. He's purchased. He's moved on. And he shares what God is saying to him, to Pharaoh. And he is elevated to the second highest position. And then what does he do at that moment? He is still working and living for God. He is sharing what God is giving him right where he's at. And then through that process, he is trying to bring back unity in his family. As, as time comes and as, as opportunities are presented by God, he works through that to bring unification back with his family. But all the while, he is ministering right where he is. He's not moving on, not going anywhere else. He is where he's at, and he is ministering right where he's at. And so Paul, let's look at Paul, for example. He, being in prison, he ministered even while in prison. And what was his ministry at times? While in prison, can't go anywhere, can't do anything, but he still ministers by writing letters to encourage churches and to encourage areas. He ministers, I'm sure, to the people in prison with them. I'm sure he is sharing God's word at that moment. But he is in a place where he can't go anywhere, he doesn't have a choice, and he is still ministering and still trying to bring unity among nations by sharing God's word in areas that he can't go to, but he can send encouragement and can send letters and can send discernment and direction. And so he is still ministering right where he's at, no matter how bad his circumstances are. Joseph, no matter how bad his circumstances were that got him to where he was at, he still ministered right where he was at and still shared God's word. And so, if they were both led, they both led people, they, they both ministered to people, and they both promoted unity right where they were at. Right where they were, they promoted and they ministered, and they led. So here, Christ calls us to equip people, to equip his people for works of service. So Christ calls us to equip his people for works of service. We do not become his people by doing works, but rather by placing our faith and trust in Jesus. We become his people by placing our faith and trust in Jesus. We are not promoted by the works we do, but it's his work through us. So I read this phrase as I was kind of preparing for this, and this is a hard phrase to hear, or a hard phrase to kind of capture, but it says, as persons perform better their particular ministries, the entire body is strengthened. So when I read that, I had to read that again and go, as persons, because I don't talk that way, but it says, as persons perform better their particular ministries, the entire body is strengthened. So think about that for a moment. What is your ministry? Think about that for a moment. What is your ministry? Is your ministry what you're doing here in this church? Is your ministry how you reach others right where you are in your normal day-to-day -day environment? So yes, we do ministry here in the church. We are part of a ministry here in the church, and, and we come together and we, we minister together, right? We have ministries in the church, and those are, that's what we do. But at the same time, when you leave here and you go home, you're by yourself, with, whether you go to work whether you are talking to your neighbor, whether you're talking to your family, 
You are by yourself at that point, but you are still in ministry. You are still sharing or called to share God's word right where you're at. And so here's where I was talking about earlier that my life kind of fell, falls into this part here. So for years, I didn't realize that my ministry was my job, where I worked in a grocery store. How could that be my ministry? For years, I thought, what is my ministry? And I'm searching for something to do in the church. Like, what is my ministry in the church? And I'm searching and searching until one day someone says to me, well, Richard, your ministry is right where you are, right where you're at work. And I went, yeah, you're right. Right where I'm at is my ministry. So at work, I'm able to minister to people. It takes time. Being in the position I was in, I had to be very careful. You have this little sticky department called HR, and so you have to be really careful about what you say and don't offend someone and get in a lot of trouble. And so had to choose those opportunities when when God opened those doors. Had to be attentive and paying attention to what God was doing around me so when God opened a door for me to share, I could share and not offend or bother someone that I could have a conversation because God had prepared that moment for that person to hear what I needed to say. And so that was my ministry because that's where I encountered hundreds of people a day, hundreds of people a day between my anywhere from 65 to 120 employees that worked for me to somewhere between six, 700 customers to maybe 1,200 customers a day. And so that was my opportunity. That was my ministry. And so back in December, I left that ministry, what I've known for years, and I went into this new ministry that God called me into. And it's a very isolating ministry because pastors are somewhat isolated. They don't need to be, but we are, because what I was so used to encountering every day was 50, minimum of 50 people a day, more like 100, to where now I might see one or two people if I'm in my office for the day. So I have to go out and seek people. I have to go find people. And the people that I usually see in my office are the people that are in the church, that are already here, who already know God, who already have been saved or maybe right on the verge of being saved that just need to have some clarification and talking through. But for the most part, it's people in the church I'm seeing in my office. And so, and I'm, I'm leading and working with ministry leaders. And so these are people who have been saved and who know God because they are leading a ministry in the church. And so my life changed. And I needed to figure out how do I reach those people that are not saved? So this is where, this is how my story applies. And so it made me think about the rest of the people in the congregation not only here, but people at Faith and people at Living Grace and, and, and people at other churches, you all face the same thing I face. You all encounter the same people I encounter. You go to restaurants, I go to restaurants. You go to the store, I go to the store. You might go to the park, I might go to the park. So we all encounter people, right? Some of you are not working anymore or have not worked in a long time, and so you're in the same boat as I am where you don't have those people that you encounter every day on a daily basis. And so it's a matter of ministering right where we're at, wherever we're planted, wherever we are. And so I had to kind of think about that and work through that process to go, okay, now I have to go out and seek and find people to minister, not just in my office, but in other places. And so your ministry is right where you are. And sometimes you have to seek people, even in your home, 
and say, I might need to walk the neighborhood and see who I encounter in my walk that might need to hear God's word today. That maybe I just need to build a relationship and not necessarily share God's word at that moment because maybe God hasn't opened that door for that person to hear you, but it's to build that relationship so you can share at that moment when that moment comes. And so your ministry is here in the church with groups of people, but your ministry is also in your moment of life, wherever you may be, whether you are at home, at work, in your neighborhood, at the park, or at the grocery store. And so I have to do that same thing. And so that's why I shared my story earlier, because it was very much a change and helped me to kind of think there's a difference here that I need to realize and, and focus on. So if each one of us perform better out there, so as we talked here, as persons perform better their particular ministries, the entire body is strengthened. So think about that. My story, so as I go out and I minister to people in those moments of my life, the body of Christ becomes stronger. So as you go out and minister, whether it's in your home or in your neighborhood or at work, the body of Christ becomes stronger. We become more unified. Whether it happens here, whether it happens at faith, whether it happens at living grace, we all become stronger as a body as we each minister in our lives, in our life of moment that God has planted us in. Such a wonderful concept that I'm not in this alone, I'm not doing this alone, and my work isn't just for me, it's for the entire body, that it's for all of us. We all become stronger and we all become more unified. And you may never hear my story, you may never know that moment I shared, but you become stronger in that moment. I become stronger in that moment that you share that I may never hear about. So that would mean as you perform as a leader out there, then others will follow, right? Therefore, the body is strengthened by the example of how you lead your life. Also, as the body is strengthened, then you are strengthened individually too. So we grow as we build relationships. We do not grow in isolation. We grow in relationships, not in isolation. So you may be by yourself at a moment ministering, but as you are growing together in relationship, then we grow together as a body. Then we become built up and we become unified in the faith and knowledge of Christ. Individual Christians are built up when they are active in ministry. And the body of Christ is built up when gifts function in a healthy manner. Wow, what a concept. We, 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 our gifts function, our, we're built, the body of Christ is built up when gifts function in a healthy manner. And we are active. Our Christians are built up when we're active in ministry. We cannot sit side by and not be active. We must be participating in what God is calling us to do. And then we become built up. And then when we're using our gifts, we function, in a, and we have to use our gifts in a healthy manner. And so the end result of this is the church's engagement in active ministry is unity in faith and maturity becoming more Christ, becoming more like Christ in holiness and service. So as we become active in our ministry, whether it be here at the church 
or in your individual ministry, we become healthier, we grow, and we use our gifts in a healthy manner, then we become more unified, even here and in all the churches and all the body together. So what does it mean to be in unity? Does it mean that you have to give something up in order to be unified with others? So do you have to give something up in order to be unified with others? Absolutely. Absolutely you have to give something up. You have to give up yourself. You have to give yourself up to Christ. In order to be unified, you have to give up yourself. You need to be all in, all prepared, all in. Use me where I'm at, wherever my ministry may be. Use me in this moment, God. Jesus himself gave up himself for everyone. He gave of himself for unity. So we have to take our eyes off of ourselves and place them on him in order to be unified, in order to be together. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to seek his will, serve him, and be obedient to him. We have to do an active part in what he's calling us to do. So do you remember earlier when I asked, is unity automatic? And I said, no, unity is not automatic. It requires a diligent effort on all of our parts. So again, we're called by the same God. Therefore, we have the same, we have a common ground to live from. There's one body, which is the church is grounded on one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one saving faith, and one that baptism. So we are unified as we perform our ministries together. Individually, we become unified. We do ministry together here. We do ministry on our own. And your ministry on your own is where you are at the moment that God has placed you. And when he opens that door for you to share when he opens the door for you to build a relationship with someone, and sometimes it takes a long relationship before you can share. Sometimes you share, the doors open immediately, and you can share immediately. It's his, it's his time. And you don't want to be ahead of him, but you don't want to fall behind him either. You want to walk with him and be actively looking for where God is working around you so that you can share his story, so you can share your story your story relates very well to others. My story will relate to someone. It may relate to someone here. It may not relate to someone here. It may relate to someone as I encounter them at the park. It could be something different. But we, we build up each other and we become unified. So we must remember, we must give up of ourselves and completely submit ourselves to him. Give up of ourselves and submit completely to him. This is a daily submission, moment by moment, because we can take back and we have to remember to completely give of ourselves. And there are gonna be moments when we face that we think we can have control and we'll take back. And those are the moments that we need to remember to submit and give. We are to serve in our ministry right where we are. And as we grow in unity as one body, then we are strengthened. We are to serve right where we are and as we grow individually, we grow as a body and we become stronger. And as you grow in unity here, we grow at faith. 
And then faith grows and so does living grace. And the same to here. It kind of goes around and around as other churches grow. As we serve, as we say we serve in our mission field, our mission field is right where we are, where God has placed us. That is our ministry. You have ministries here, and we work together with those, but we, our ministry is right where we are planted. And so I'll leave you with those words, and, and we'll close in prayer and, and, uh, and kind of just remember as we close in prayer, you are planted where you are for a reason. God has a moment for you to share. God has a moment for you to build a relationship. And then as you share, we become stronger. So, Father God, we thank you. Father God, I, I thank you so much for your love and for this moment in life, this moment here. Father God, I thank you that you are love and that you pour out your love to each one of us. Father, I thank you that you desire for us to be in relationship with you. Father God, I thank you that you do not require us to do work in order to be in relationship with you, but that, that in our relationship with you, we can perform the work you've called us to do. And Father, as we leave today, I would pray and ask that you would be with each person and define for each person here today, what is their ministry? Where are you planting them? Where have you planted them? And where can we share your words? Where can we share our testimony? Who can we share those with? Father, we, I pray that you would remind us that our ministry is right where you've planted us. And those moments when we forget or we don't see what is going on around us, that you would remind us and open our eyes so that we are actively looking for your work, so that we may participate with you. Father, I thank you that you call us to be together and to be one body so that we may do your work. And as we become one body, we are stronger. And as we perform our individual ministries, we become stronger as a body. And as we become stronger as a body, we become stronger individually. And, and it works in this great circle. And so, Father God, I would pray that you'd be with each one of us as we encounter those moments. Father God, I ask you to bring us moments where we can share not only for us to actively be looking for them, but that you would bring those forth to each one of us so that we may share our experiences and share your words with others. Father, I thank you that you have been in this moment and you have led these words. Father God, I thank you that you've brought us together at this time here today. I ask you to be with this congregation and bless them and lift them in your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.